Welcome to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Vu, and I will be serving as your Femme Tour, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into graduate school. For the past 10 years, I've been helping undergraduate students get into top graduate programs in their field, and I'm really excited to share this information with you too. Hello, everyone. I am trying something new today. I am recording myself via Zoom and I am including a video along with it. I also turned on the transcription option on Zoom so that hopefully some of you who will access my uh, podcast via the video, I'm going to post it on YouTube so you can see the transcription and an effort to make my um, podcast more accessible. Uh, this was an idea that was proposed by my partner. Uh, he said, why don't you post your podcast on YouTube? And I told him, well, I don't know. I don't know about recording myself. I don't know how I feel about that. And then I have to like get dressed up. And then I thought about it. I was like, that's just my own discomfort. Um, but it's actually a really great idea in terms of making the podcast more accessible, especially because Zoom does offer that option of the live transcription. So I'm going to go ahead and go along with it, test it out, and hopefully it works. Um, so for today, uh, what I wanted to talk about is how to secure a faculty mentor. And the reason I'm bringing that up today is because it's come up a lot for students on our campus. Uh, right now, students on our campus, um, oh, I'm at University of California, Santa Barbara, they are applying for summer research programs, and a lot of the summer research programs require that you have a faculty mentor lined up to work with in the summer. And so we have a lot of, you know, highly ambitious students who want to do research who are really excited, but then, you know, they may be freshmen, sophomores, they've never worked with a faculty mentor before, and this becomes a big hurdle. Like, how do I even secure a mentor, who do I go to, who do I talk to, help. And so I'm just gonna give you some advice. A lot of it's gonna be tailored to, you know, the UC system, my experience at UCSB, at UCLA, um, but hopefully some of it will also reflect uh, back on your institution and will be helpful for you. So how do you secure a faculty mentor? Um, like I mentioned earlier, there are a couple occasions where you might need a faculty mentor if you are a student um, at a four-year institution. So you might need a faculty mentor if you're applying to a summer research program, like I mentioned earlier. You might need a faculty mentor if you're applying to a research fellowship program like McNair and Mellon Mays or anything of the like, Mark. Um, there are a wide range of programs that are one to two-year fellowship programs. You might need a faculty mentor if you are applying for departmental honors. I know that that's definitely something that exists across the UC system. If you want to work on a senior thesis and get um, departmental honors credit for it through your major, uh, you will need a faculty mentor for that. Or just in general, you want to gain research experience. You want to become a research assistant. You want to take an independent study or independent research course with someone. You need someone to work under. And how do you figure out who to work with? Um, one way that students do it is they go based off who they know. They look at their transcripts and the classes that they've taken in their major, assuming that they want to continue to do research in their field. And they think about, okay, what professors have I taken 
who uh, seemed like a great professor, whose work sounded very interesting. Okay, reach out to them, schedule a meeting with them, talk to them about my interests, research interests, and see if they are open to taking any undergraduate students for research. Um, the next step is, again, assuming that you're doing research in your major, you're interested in doing research in your major, is you look at the departmental website. Um, and this also applies if you're interested in interdisciplinary research. So if your major is one thing, like this happens a lot in global studies, our global studies students have a wide range of interests. Some of them end up working with professors in the history department. Some of them will end up working with professors in black studies. Some of them work, end up working with professors in Chicanic studies and e uh, economics. Uh, it just, it, it's a wide range. Their interest in global studies span across multiple fields. And so if that's the case, I say, don't just stick to your major, but I actually think about your research interests and what majors have professors covering fields in those interests. So definitely check out departmental websites to see what professors are available, what work are they doing, and um, whose work sounds interesting to me. It doesn't have to be a perfect fit. So that's the one thing I want to kind of echo and say over and over and over again is that for undergraduate research, you want to gain experience. It doesn't have to be the project that you've always wanted to work on. I mean, that's something that you could reserve for graduate school. For now, it's getting your in, it's getting that experience so that you can then work your way up to doing something more closely aligned with what you wanna do. Um, it's okay to become a research assistant. It's, a, it's okay to work on someone else's project for now so that, again, you gain the experience and can then apply it to the more competitive programs. Um, so go ahead and look into what, what professors do you know or whose courses you've taken or what professors are available in the departmental websites. Are there any databases on your campus? So um, on our campus, we have something, something called the Faculty Research Apprenticeship Program. It's called the FRAP database. As so a professors across campus who know that they wanna work with a student can list their um, area of interest, the project that they work on and what kind of student they want or need, what do they have to have any qualifications or any experience to apply to work with them. They put that on the database and students can check the database based on the, their major, based on the subject area, and then reach out to the professor, apply and, and conduct research that way. So are there any databases? Is there an undergraduate research center? Is there something similar, some sort of research resource location on campus where you can then contact them to ask if there are any professors who are taking students in areas that you're interested in? Similarly, you could always reach out to an undergraduate advisor. So in your major, you can see um, if the undergraduate advisor knows any professors who are looking to take undergraduate students for research uh, assistantships. Um, keep in mind that research assistantships are far more common in STEM fields than they are in the humanities and social sciences and even more common in the social sciences than in the humanities. In the humanities fields, research tends to be very independent. Everybody comes up with their own project and their own topic. And usually when you're do coming up with your own project, it's the faculty mentor who's helping guide you in developing that project, but it is your own idea, something you come up with. Um, whereas in 
certain social science fields and um, definitely in STEM fields, it's more common to be working under a professor who has their larger project and you're assisting them on that larger project. Sometimes you get an opportunity to come up with your own subtopic or sub research question within the larger project. And then that's the thing that you contribute and then that's the thing that you can publish, but it's far more common and like quantitative social sciences or in certain collaborative social science fields and um, STEM fields to be doing that kind of work where you're assisting someone else on their project. So it might not be a perfect fit in terms of what you wanna do right now with your research. So um, like I said, what professors have you taken? Check out departmental websites. Check out any databases, research centers, research resources, anything that's available on your campus. Um, go based off your interests and it doesn't have to be specific, it could be general broad interests. And then, you know, right now the, the emphasis is on you obtaining research skills because it's those research skills that are gonna make you more competitive for the fellowship programs and then ultimately make you more competitive for graduate school if that's what you want to do um, down the line. And then, okay, let's say you've located, you checked out all the spaces and you've identified a couple of people, what do you do next? The next thing that you should do is contact them and schedule a meeting with these individuals. And I recommend contacting at least three people and seeing where that goes. Um, let's say, you know, one of them doesn't get back to you or none of them get back to you. So you contact three people and you just don't hear from them. It is completely okay to send a follow-up email one week later. So it's, if it's been seven days, maybe your email just got lost in their shuffle of emails, um, go ahead and send them a reminder email. When you send them a reminder email, you forward the older email and say, you know, this is just a gentle reminder. I want to let you know I'm very much interested in working with you on research. Um, I'm looking into gaining research skills and would be more than willing to, you know, to do what I need to make sure that I'm a qualified candidate or whatever it is that you need to say um, to schedule a meeting with them, to express your interest and tell them that you want to work with them on research. So, um, schedule and, and a meeting. So follow up after a week, hopefully after that, someone will get back to you. And um, then you meet with them, tell them, you know, what your research interests are, tell them, you know, if your long-term goal is to go to graduate school or to have a research career, you can mention that. Um, and, and then see if they're taking any students and in what capacity you can help them or they can help you. So if you're interested in becoming their research assistant, if you're interested in taking an independent study course with them, kind of figure out in what capacity you could get started on research. Maybe they already have, they have a lab and they have uh, funding to pay you to be a research assistant. That would be great. Um, uh, let's say in an ideal world, you reach out to three professors, all three of them wanna meet with you. All three of them seem really great and they are all enthusiastic and willing to take you on as their mentee. What do you do then? Uh, that's a good problem to have, but it is a problem that comes up. If three people or more want to work with you and all of a sudden you have to turn them down, yes, that is an awkward experience to have. And yes, it does happen sometimes. 
at the end of the day, um, I would say go over your options and figure out which one is the best fit for you. And the fit um, part of it is a very personal thing. It should be a combination of both the type of rapport that you develop or that you get a sense of with that individual and also the research topic. So definitely you know, think about whose research topic is the most closely aligned with what I want to do, what I envision doing long-term. And also who do I get along with the best? Like who has the mentoring style that I think would work best with, with mine? You know, if you like hands-on mentoring, who seems like they would be more hands-on? You can ask them this when you meet with them. You can ask them, what is your mentoring style? What is your approach to mentoring and, um, and teaching? What's your philosophy? And then, you know, if they're hands-on, if they're hands-off, um, depending on what you prefer, then you can go with that. If they seem, I definitely say don't underestimate kindness. If they seem like they will be kind, like they will advocate for you like they will help you make time for you that's not a bad thing to prioritize uh, so a combination of again like I said the rapport and the research fit and then you follow up and you you know to the other folks you're gonna have to say just kidding <laughs> not just kidding but you can say thank you so much for your time I greatly appreciated meeting with you I learned so much about x y and z um, uh, unfortunately, at this time, uh, it looks like I uh, will be working with another professor and ex department, which is a closer fit to, I wanted, to what I wanted to do. But I hope that we can continue to remain in communication. Um, and please, you know, let me know if there are any other resources you'd like to share with me, or um, I look forward to being in touch with with you in the future. So you wanna remain collegial, even remain in touch with them. Sometimes students will have more than one faculty mentor. They may have two, they have one primary person that they meet every week, every other week. They might have a secondary person that they meet once a month. That person's more informal, but they still develop that relationship, which is great because then that person can be another letter writer for when you apply to grad school. When you apply to grad school, you're going to need at least three letters of recommendation. So it's nice to, to keep, um, you know, to keep these com um, lines of communication open, to keep these relationships strong. Um, that way, again, you know, you'll, it's, it's not a bad thing to have more than one mentor, even if one or two of them are more informal. And then you've got the, that one person who is the, the formal faculty mentor who's going to be on file when you take the research assistantship credits, when you apply for the fellowships and so on. I hope that that helps you uh, with securing a mentor. Definitely the first part is identifying who might be a good fit. The next part is reaching out to them. Um, the third step is uh, scheduling a meeting with them. And then after you meet with them, the last step is figuring out who you're ultimately going to work with and then setting up an action plan or um, coming up with um, uh, a meeting where you talk about expectations and how you're gonna move forward and what goals you're gonna try to meet when you get started working with them. I hope that you found this useful and I will definitely uh, talk to you all next time. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Fem Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please rate this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you tune in. 
You can also support the podcast by donating to my Patreon page, Anchor page, or Venmo account, which is at Grad School Femtouring. If you have questions or episode topics, you can contact me by sending me a DM on Instagram, sending me an email to gradschoolfemtouring at gmail.com, sending me a voice message on Anchor, or sending me a message via my personal website at yvettemartinezvu.com. Until next time.